Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable, and that's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back, and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden, where I have on the line together with me Pastor Danny Miller from the UK, who's the director for the Back to Jerusalem office in the UK. And he and I are going to be quite at odds, I think, tomorrow night when England plays Sweden. <laughs> that's, that, that's when if, if they if they if people no longer hear podcasts from you and i uh you know it didn't go well in the game between england and sweden yeah i you know i i will say that i'm only swedish if the swedish team wins <laughs> that's right. so uh, but you're you're quite a football fan of July, but anyway, it's fine. And, uh, you're you're um, quite a football it's fan. Good game and, and I mean, the World Cup I, is kind I, well, of a big yeah, deal, I'm, right? I mean, for you, I mean, you're you're. I saw that you even changed the church schedule. I think you guys had a Bible study on Tuesday or Wednesday, and you changed the night of it so that you know the the World Cup uh, event could be viewed. Or did I well, did see, I misread that, that on that's social right. media? That, it's true. That's what I, I did do. And um, <laughs> uh, so when when we so in the last podcast when we talked about losing people, it's because you know I, I changed Bible studies and meetings so you know to watch the England <laughs> game. You know that that's um, that's how bad it's got. Um, and uh, but actually, well, when I, I changed it, I didn't cancel it. <laughs> we, we we did change it. Um, but yeah, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. But uh, so England were playing Colombia. And, um, and, you know, and went to a penalty shootout and, uh, England has a tradition of just being pretty abysmal when it comes to penalty shootouts, but we, we beat them. We beat Colombia. Um, and so, um, it, it's very exciting, but what that meant is that now, yeah, we, we get to play, uh, the mighty Swedes, um, on Saturday afternoon. So it's, it's going to be good. And, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, how are the Swedes doing? I don't watch. I don't follow the World Cup at all. I I watched the Swedish game when they um the the last uh, game that they had only because my wife and I took my father in law out for a buffet, and the buffet was is uh, basically the only kind of restaurant in the entire town that we're close to. We're up, up in the mountains of northern Sweden at the moment, and the, you've been there. There you can you. You can uh, be yeah. my witness. There's not a lot going on in this area, um, but we ended up in a in a place that usually has like one or two people at the most, and uh, we ended up going into the restaurant and it was packed out to the brim, uh, and wow. everybody was wearing you know Swedish gear and they were you know really excited that and and um, and this the Swedes won and it was quite yeah. amazing to witness not so much the game I didn't see the game at all i only watch the people um how are the how, how are the swedes doing what is what is your what is what is your feeling between the swedes and the and the brits 
I think, well, there's a, there is certainly respect. There's not, I don't think there's a massive rivalry as such between Sweden and England. There's no, there's no historical, um, um, and you, you can go back to the Vikings, I guess, but, but, but outside of that, there isn't really anything that's certainly controversial, like, like it is between England and Germany or England and France. Um, uh, or basically England and every other country, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, um, but regarding Sweden, there, there isn't. So it, it's actually everyone's looking forward to it. There, I was, um, funny enough, I was listening to uh, a radio um, interview today by people interviewing. They were being interviewed of people together. So the Swedes and English people, they're watching it together in London or if the, the Brits are in Stockholm. And, you, you know, there, there's a bit more of a family uh, feel to this. Um, it's it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a celebration as well. I know one team's going to obviously lose, but for both teams to get to the quarterfinals of the World Cup is it, very exciting. Um and so uh, it is great. And Sweden have done very well. They beat Switzerland. They they only, you know, Germany only managed to score in the last seconds of, of this soccer game um, when they played Sweden. Otherwise, Sweden looking good. Um, they, they're a strong team. They're organized. They've, they've got I don't think they've got any major amazing individuals. They've got just a, a real team spirit uh, and that could that could get them through. Um, and so it, well, it's certainly got them so far. So it's very exciting. And as you can see, it, as you are in Sweden and I'm over in England, um, the atmosphere is very exciting both, in both countries. The the subject for this podcast, and I'm really happy you're able to to join together with us Um but the subject that I wanted to ask you or that I wanted to talk to you about and, and kind of go into a bit of discussion is something that I think other Christians have witnessed as well. Um, have you been involved in ministry? Have you come across ministries, uh, NGOs, uh, or maybe even churches that started off with a fire of evangelism that started off with a, with a, with a heart to serve the people while preaching the gospel, doing one and the same that are interchangeable and inseparable. But somehow along the way, as popularity grew for them, as they became more well-known, there became, at least from your perception, a desire on their part to be more accepted by the secular world. And as a result, they become, they became less, at least let's say overtly Christian than what they started off as. Have, have you been exposed to ministries like that at all? Yeah, ministries and churches as well, or fellowships. The thing is that um, the last podcast when we're talking about fruit, um, sadly though it can backfire. So when there are maybe fellowships and, um, they, 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 they change maybe uh, the, the message. Uh, they, they maybe want to try and compromise to appease or maybe to um, be more, shall we say, relevant with, with the world or certain aspects of the world. The, 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 the views of society has changed over the years. What, was, what is now accepted in society was no, what wasn't accepted, you know, uh, uh, years back. And sometimes that can infiltrate um, churches or, or fellowships, uh, from my perspective. Um, and uh, sadly, though, though it may seem, you know, a cool thing to do, uh, where's the fruit? I mean, where's the fruit? The, um, and and I, I, I want to jump in, in my, my own views for myself. Let's keep what's real, real. If the cross of Christ is real, 
then with the mess this world is in, with the the, the sheer, I mean, the identity with 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 um, uh, just gender issues nowadays, and everything's accepted. But look at the fruit; people are so messed up. They need the true power of the gospel, not watered down, not where we, we try to be like them or cool um, and all that type of stuff. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a, a standard in, in how we portray ourselves as Christian. I don't mean that or within churches, but sometimes we compromise the power of the gospel, the message of what it brings us. Sometimes I can go in churches and it's not easy to hear about that Jesus is coming back again. Uh, it's, it's not easy when to try and find a message where they talk about the blood of Jesus and the power of if I go to a Christian bookstore, what am I finding in the top 10? The me's, my's, my 25 steps to be the better Danny Miller. You know, the, oh, I probably need more than 25 steps, actually, if I'm finding a book like that. But, you know, it, it's where are the ones about, you know, the, really the power of the cross, the, the, the crucifixion, the resurrection, what it does to, uh, to the people, the baptism and the Holy Spirit, the power of the gospel. These type of things is far from boring. This is powerful um, and it changes lives. And yet sometimes we may notice or people coming across our path or ministries, missions or, or churches where they, it seems like they're taking the, the opposite. So um, I'm generalizing, but the answer is yes. You know, I worked, I, I'm going to get personal, um, a little bit. Um, I may not have my facts right. And so I will acknowledge that. I know that there are some people that don't like to name or mention ministries. I particularly try to stay away from that where I don't like to talk about people or ministries that, you know, I may not agree with. I, I try to speak in generic terms as I know you do as well, but I'm going to talk about something that is for the most part has been in public view. I don't know all of the details. I've only been remotely associated with because I've worked with one of the arms, but not both of the arms. Are are you familiar with a guy by the name of Bob Pierce? Have you, have you, I'm, I'm aware. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, I, when I first started working with Samaritan's purse years ago, yeah, Right. Um, yeah. I was, Franklin Graham, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I was, I was given a book called rebel with a cause. Um, I was, I was walking around, um, with, with one of the main directors for Samaritan's purse. Um, and, uh, we were talking about China. I ended up running all of Samaritan's purses projects for China for about six years. And, uh, I really loved working with their organization, but as I was reading yeah. that book, I came across a story that I had not been familiar with. So I'm only going to give one part of the story. It's not the whole story. I acknowledge that, but I'm only mentioning it because it does kind of highlight a little bit what I'm talking about, at least a little bit, not entirely, but a little bit. Um, Samaritan's Purse was started by a guy uh, by the name of Bob Pierce, and he, in his final days before his death, he had kind of tapped Franklin Graham to take the reins of Samaritan's Purse. But before Samaritan's Purse was started by Bob Pierce, he had started another organization by the name of World Vision. And World Vision is probably one of the largest NGOs in the world today. They're extremely effective, working in more than 90 different countries. And 
world vision or at least the way that it is portrayed on Wikipedia or online information that you can read, Bob Pierce was a bit of a renegade. Um, a, a guy that had his own ideas that he was able to go out and do things a certain way. Um, but if I can just kind of throw in my own two cents, which I do so in ignorance. Um, but I, I, I see a little bit, at least from the words of Bob Pierce that I personally have read, which was he saw his ministry going a little bit more secular, a little bit less evangelical, a little bit more um, you know, helping people in dire situations, which is good, but a little less emphasis on the gospel, which is one of the most important elements of helping anyone in a situation where there is, you know, a, a, a great need. And, um, and so he was actually fired by the board of the very organization that he started, which was World Vision. And that's what prompted him to start Samaritan's Purse. And when he did it, he wanted to do it with a DNA that would always make sure that the element of the gospel stayed true to any aid that was given. So humanitarian efforts without the gospel, in his mind at least, from what I understand, was 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 not effective. And I would tend to agree with that, that the, the, the UN for all of the good things that they try to do are completely incapable of making a difference in areas that are, have extreme poverty because they're missing the key element of the gospel. And I only mention that. And I only delve into those dangerous waters of actually naming organizations in a, in a certain situation that has been highlighted in, you know, the media. So I don't think I'm, I'm really giving any real news here. I'm just saying one side of it that I've read. Um, but I have personally, without going into names of organizations, seen organizations that really had an amazing start, that God blessed them, and they were moving, and it was almost like Satan couldn't stop them. So instead of trying to continue stopping them, he began to make them more accepted. And as they became more accepted, it's almost like the story of the Jews in the Old Testament. They started to follow other gods. And in this case, I've seen ministries that seem to be following the, the, the God of political correctness, the, the God of wanting to be acceptable, the God of even separating yourself from, you know, making their belief in Jesus Christ so secret that you have to put in a special code in order to uh, decipher half the stuff that they say, uh, because there's almost, it's almost completely void of anything that has the gospel in it. Am I making any sense? Uh, have you, yeah. have you experienced that or, or witnessed that? Or is that something that maybe I've experience alone, you know, being on the mission field and seeing other organizations take this direction. I think it's, um, I think it's everywhere. And, um, and, and the pressure, uh, especially when it comes to finance, um, support, recognition, um, it, it's, it's, it's immense. And, and more than I think what it was even in years past. So when ministries or, or, or you know, programs that are started or launched, when they are, they're launched with a, a plan, a purpose, a vision. And yes, it, it can get watered down to keep 
the funds coming in. I mean, let, let's be real. That's that's it's not always, but that's a, a big part of uh, sometimes why these changes uh, take place. Um, I, it's a smaller scale, but even within my own church, and I will use this because uh, we've had to address it. But uh, I, I launched, um, the, well, my wife and I, we launched the food bank um, back when not many people knew what was a food bank. It's part of a ministry in the church. I launched it with the reality. And the truth is, I launched it not to feed people. Though, though people needed feeding. I launched it because it was another gateway to uh, the gospel. Um, and so uh, my wife and I used to go into these people's homes and, you know, give out food to these people and parents who are weeping. We would pray for them um, in their homes and parent mothers who are, who are not eating themselves just because they're trying to feed their own children and and all this stuff and so we have many testimonies my wife and i of those early days we didn't have anything we have very little but we knew we wanted to reach these people uh, when it came to um, those struggling with poverty but it came with the message of the gospel it grew grants came in i've since then appointed a, a food bank manager obviously i'm you know this is a few years back and since then it's um, grown we have its a massive warehouse now we've fed thousands and thousands now in fact the, the what we've launched here or what is now going on in the czech republic and the um and many cities in the czech republic now they are adopting the same model of what we're doing and what what my wife and i launched um uh, about seven or eight years ago but what crept in, and I didn't notice this that first, was that prayer stopped in the place. Um, there was a waiting room where people would go in and may, be made, you know, given a cup of tea or something like that, and by someone who's designated in that place and then would be there to listen to them or, or certainly pray for them. There'd be Christian music in the background. There'd be literature around. There'd be Bibles. Um, and, and if they chose, there'll be, you know, um, uh, they can be prayed for um, and invited to church. If they've got children, they'll be invited to Sunday school or a youth event, all that stuff. But as the months progressed and I wasn't no longer hands on, it, it, it slipped. And in the end, it got where even a year went by and I realized myself, what is going on? There's no fruit. And, and, I, and I realized it's now become a important, I say that in brackets, humanitarian food aid project. We were feeding the hungry, but we weren't giving them any living water. So they're going to be hungry again in two or three days. We were just kind of meeting a need, but that wasn't the purpose and the vision of its its original design. Um, so, well, you know me well enough. You know, I, went, I got involved again and, and now we have um, uh, people involved and that's their job that's their duty um they, they don't go anywhere else we have people that being prayed and even in the last few weeks last few months we've got people coming into the church um getting saved because of of that that, that event it's amazing how it can slip in so i'm using an example even under my own nose <laughs> these things um can subtly just shift um and uh and, and there is pressure um but uh, it's really important we keep to the very purpose and design of, of why we these these uh, churches or ministries. The reason they exist is because of the power and the truth of the gospel. We just cannot afford to compromise. You know, you saying that takes me back in time when I was a part of a Bible study in my community uh, in China. 
And I live in an area that is quite uh, progressive. Uh, there's quite a number of, uh, of professionals that work for an airline industry, the banking industry. Um, we have the highest concentration of authors, um, in our entire city of 8 million. Um, and so at the Bible study, we started off with, there was a real genuine, you know, time of studying the Bible, praying together. It was great. It was great fellowship. It was, it was great communion. But at some point, and I can't really tell you when it happened, where it happened, how it happened, why it happened, but we started to get involved in social issues. And then there came, and this was in the very early days, there, 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 there came this idea of social justice. And Bible studies stopped. Prayer was, was an afterthought. But it really became a, this this focus on social justice or social injustice, if you will, and it was almost as if our our group became more concerned about the agencies of enforcing what we considered to be just and unjust, rather than seeking after God. And I saw the dangers of removing God from the idea of right and wrong. Because in the very beginning, when you're, when you first start down that road, things are pretty connected. There, there, you, you are walking a parallel road with the gospel when you first start off. The ideas of social justice line up perfectly with the idea of biblical right and wrong. But at some point when you remove God, you're no longer walking parallel, but you become perpendicular. And the gospel becomes a threat or a joke even to the ideas of certain social justice, you know, platforms. And our Bible study in our city that we were involved in became so much about um, removing elements of the gospel for fear that it would it would restrict the number of people that came in and in the beginning it had a really nice feel to it because we were being seeker friendly we wanted to bring in we wanted to have a broader appeal and we didn't want to scare people off so the reason for doing it sounded good and it felt good but the road that we ended up on was one that took us away from Christ, I felt at least. And now with that experience, I've seen several ministries that we've connected with, that we've worked with, that started off so passionate about sharing the gospel. And, and the gospel is what compelled them to help those that were being uh, punished with injustice, those that were being downtrodden by um, wicked governments, um, those that were living, living in some of the most dire, impoverished situations. And so there was this real passion because of the, the, the passion of the gospel. We wanted to help the poor, uh, help the sick. Uh, feed the hungry, um, give justice to those that have been suffering injustice. But the moment we began to remove the gospel and focus on justice for its own sake, the more I found us in a situation where God, the justice was not the justice anymore. It was perverted. It was a perverted form of justice that was not about right and wrong according to the Bible anymore, but according to man. And man is, in my opinion— Enable, enable, incapable 
of determining right and wrong on his own. It it really needs the Bible for this. And and this is what um, can creep in. And and even things that are perceived right, what's the vision? And so maybe even out of this conversation, people that are listening, I pray that the Lord will even bring back to what was the very reason that I planted that church? What was that? What was the reason that I went on that missions trip? What, 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 what's the, my passion back then? What did what God put within me um, for this original design? Um, because I believe that sometimes maybe it's even human nature to go off track like that, to 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 compromise for, you know, when you see um, social injustice and, and that type of thing. And the thing is, I don't know, there's a part of me thinking, even social injustice and, and the way we address it is not even Christianity. Sometimes we can complain and moan and demonstrate and, um, and, and see something that's not right. And so we go on the, you know, we, we, we demand that it goes back to these Ten Commandments or whatever. I don't know. I, I just, to me, that's not the gospel. And, and I'm trying to create some controversy here. But sometimes we're called to be a blessing. We're called to be a light. Um, sometimes in the midst, and, I, and that's something from the church and, you know, the Chinese church, they're called. And I remember one time speaking with Brother Yun, who said, look, you know, they're called just to lift up Jesus. There's so many things we can complain about. There's so much need. There's so much. But the biggest impact we can address, the, the biggest way we can impact uh, the world around us, our own Jerusalem, is not by attacking or demonstrating, but by actually just lifting up Jesus. Um, here in England, you know, with there's Islam coming in, there's mosques being built um, and some are taking it. Well, let's, let's go against Islam. Oh, you know what? Islam It's loud, but it's empty. It, it, it's, 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 it's just it can be intimidating, but it's nothing there. Instead of using our energy against it, just lift up the gospel. Let's use our energy to lift up the name of Jesus. Um, and sometimes we just maybe got to come back to what was the purpose what was the original plan why are we here we had to attack to demand right to the government complain about trump or complain about obama or whoever else or complain about my government here how about praying how about being a blessing how about let's turn it around and and be a people of light a people of blessing um so again i'm always good at going off track but but in answer and hearing your heart and hearing what well, you, you, you're picking up when it comes to world vision and, and with the Samaritan's purse there. Um, sometimes you know, look at Joseph. He stood for what is right and look what it cost him. And the guy ended up in a pit. The guy ended up in, in a prison. I mean, even when he did right, you know, when it came to the butler and the baker, he was still forgotten about. Sometimes it's like, it's really justice. You know, I, I could have been doing so much more, but yet I fled from Potiphar's wife and look at the mess it ended up. I ended up, you know, I'm using these scenarios, but I can imagine Joseph thinking, well, there's me, a man of principle, and look look where it's ended, I've ended up. Um, we know the end result. We know, obviously, when we read in Genesis 37, 38, 39, we read about the life of Joseph. But that's the same God. So let's be men and women of principle. Let's come back to the very reason why God put in our heart that that the that the, the church plan or the missions or the organization or the and, 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 and I believe let's just trust he will supply, but let's be found as men and women of integrity and of principle. One of the things that what you just said reminds me of a little bit, and I, we can 
kind of close here is that um, I remember one time Brother Yun was approached by a journalist and the journalist had just I mean, it was kind of, it was just out of the blue. Our minds were not even in that location. Um, it was it was so off the wall. But the journalist kind of bombarded Brother Yun and jumped in front of him and asked, how do you feel about animals being abused inside of China? And what are you doing for animal rights in China? I mean, that was, I, I, mean, I was so taken aback by that question. <clears throat> yeah. Brother wow. Yun did not even flinch for a second. Yeah. Brother Yun immediately said, China needs Jesus. If you want to see animals treated better, bring people to Jesus because Jesus loves animals. And the more we are like Jesus, the better we will treat animals. If you want to see human rights improve, bring Jesus because Jesus loves the people and taught us to love our neighbor. The more we have of him in us, the better we will be for our neighbor. God created the world. You want a better environmentalist, a better conservationist? Bring them Jesus, because the more people have of Jesus, the better they will be for the environment, for a conservationist. So, I mean, I, I, I I listened to that and I thought, wow, that was wisdom in in the moment. And uh, I I think that's the best way of concluding this podcast by what you just shared there that's what it's all about let's get back to the cross let's bring it back where the focus and the message is in him and in him crucified because that's where power is and that's where where brother Yon you just shared that's where then there can be the healing reconciliation and and the land the animal and things are impacted when people make that decision to come back or, or, or return to jesus Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. It was really great to talk with you, and it was great to get your insight on this matter. Good talking to you, brother Eugene. God bless you. God bless you. And thank you for joining us again for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. God bless you.